there's so often that people think they're doing something wrong or they're missing something as financially as they're growing their small business. There's a lot of fear that nobody talks about in small business finance and everybody assumes they're missing it or they should have learned something already along the way. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau, the podcast for corporate refugees who want to do more of what they love and get paid what they're worth. I'm David Schreiner-Kahn, your guide and community builder. Smashing the Plateau is more than just a podcast. We're a community of like-minded consultants who are committed to supporting one another on our business journey. Before we start, I'd like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. Struggling with achieving your business goals and navigating through challenges can be overwhelming, but here's a solution. Visit smashingtheplateau.com goals to book your free 30-minute goal coaching session with me. This one-on-one session offers a unique opportunity for you to gain clarity on your business aspirations, identify roadblocks hindering your progress, and outline practical steps toward achieving your goals. It's personalized, focused, and designed to equip you with the insights to drive your business forward. It's a limited time offer, so seize the moment. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash goals. In today's episode, we welcome Erica Goody, an accomplished financial strategist who is passionate about providing support to coaches and consultants through bookkeeping, accounting, and CFO services. Erica not only leans into her expertise from the corporate world, but she also wonderfully leverages her entrepreneurial insights as the host of the Coaches, Consultants, and Money podcast. In this conversation, Erica will shine a light on the unique financial challenges facing consultants and coaches. She will share her insights on how to navigate the fluctuating cash flow in consulting and coaching businesses, reveal benefits specific to entrepreneurs for retirement savings, and discuss the importance of community in an entrepreneur's journey. Erica will also emphasize the importance of ongoing learning in your financial journey, reminding us that it's never too late to gain new insights or seek help. So if you're in the consulting or coaching business and want to gain confidence in your financial planning, stay tuned for an enriching discussion full of actionable advice. Let's dive in and start smashing the plateau with Erica Goody. Erica has been a certified public accountant for 15 years. She runs a virtual accounting firm supporting coaches and consultants with bookkeeping, accounting, and CFO services, and also hosts the Coaches, Consultants, and Money podcast. She's a former director of finance at a Fortune 50 company and started her career as an auditor at a big four public accounting firm. Erica is also the mom of two and the wife of a fellow CPA. She lives with her family in the mountains of Idaho. Erica, welcome to the show. Hey, David. Thanks so much for having me. Tell me a little bit about your career and what led you to focus on serving coaches and consultants with bookkeeping, accounting, and CFO services. It's not not the most common linear track for a CPA. No, I was on a linear track. I was, I think, what you would consider the traditional track of a CPA I came out of school with an accounting degree. I went to Big Four Public Accounting, which is pretty, you know, pretty normal, traditional track for a CPA. And a few years in public accounting, I then moved into corporate finance, corporate accounting at a Fortune 50 company, a retailer on uh, the corner of Maine and Maine in America. 
and spent a number, the rest of my corporate career there, just jumping around into different finance roles and uh, moving and progressing quickly in my career. And it was fast and it was furious. And it was a rough lifestyle for somebody with a young family when um, both my husband and I had very similar careers. And so to have two fast paced moving corporate careers and a small family is, uh, if anybody is listening to this knows, exhausting. And it is uh, the speed of life that we were not looking for at that time. And I made the very thoughtful and uh, difficult decision of leaving work that I liked. Let me speak precisely. I did not dislike my, my job. I did not dislike the work I was doing. I was okay with leaving the corporate life, but uh, I did miss the work that I was doing. And um, so I made the thoughtful decision to stay home with our then five and one-year-old kids. And uh, I was, quote, just mom, as if just mom isn't a job in of itself. But I stayed home for a couple of years doing just that. And after a couple of years, really missed the, the work that I was doing. I really missed accounting and planning and finance and helping people know their numbers. And I always say I accidentally started an accounting firm then because I asked one person if they needed help. And she said yes. And I grew an accounting firm from there. And so, you know, went through the process of starting a business, which I had never really thought. I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. I Nobody had ever instilled that in me or not that anybody didn't support that. It was just not anything that anybody in my life had ever done. And so it was a lot of figuring it out for the first time uh, on my own and slowly building a book of business. I always say as quickly as my kids grew, I could grow my business because I still wanted to be present and available for them because that was my priority of leaving corporate. And we slowly grew the kids in my business all at, all at once and uh, eventually got to where I am, went through a niching process because if you serve everybody, you serve nobody and went through that process and, and part of my, my growth, uh, firm growth and landed on helping coaches, consultants, small agency owners, really just people helping other people. Yeah. So was the first person that you offered to help somebody who was a consultant or coach? Technically, yes, but in a very different way. She was, and she still is a, a client, though not my not my um, target market anymore. She was a Taekwondo instructor, so technically a coach for my daughter at the time. And she just, I really clicked with her personality. She looked like she was running this amazing business that she was doing on her own. And I just randomly one time at the end of a, a class that my daughter was in said, hey, you know, if you ever need help with accounting or money or anything like that in your business, let me know. That's what I do. And she immediately said, great, when can we meet? <laughs> and so the rest was history, as they say, because that was she was my first client and she's still with me today. But she was a very traditional brick and mortar coach. And helping people. I don't, I work exclusively with, you know, virtual remote businesses at this point that are generally helping in either uh, marketing or an IT or engineering capacity. Yeah. So Erica, how did you figure out, like you, if you don't come from a background of entrepreneurs and you didn't study entrepreneurship and you, you were clearly 
trained for the, the corporate environment. Yes. <laughs> right? As I was in my career, how did you figure out what you needed to do to be successful as an entrepreneur? Oh, aren't we always figuring it out? Still figuring it out today. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I've interviewed many people that come from some kind of history of entrepreneurs around them. So it was like part of their blood. And then I've interviewed people that had no clue whatsoever. And they like their whole focus and everything that they they were sort of programmed to do is to do it in a job setting. And so when you particularly if you go like we both did from a job to a business, you can do the same exact kind of work in the job and in the business. But if you don't know how to run a business, your chances of being financially successful and having this business continue might be pretty small. Yeah. So luckily, and I think this is luckily like because my skill set is finance and accounting, like that was the easy part for me. And so that part I had already I knew how to make a profit. I knew what not profitable businesses looked like because I had experience uh, overseeing those in my career. And so that part, like I knew how to do the QuickBooks. I knew how to do the accounting. I knew how to read the P&L. There were things that would come up where I was like, I don't know how to register an LLC. Do I need an LLC? What is business insurance? All of that also kind of more administrative stuff like marketing, setting up websites. That was all, a lot of that was just finding somebody with an instruction manual and reading as much as I could on it or finding somebody I could yoke myself to and learning from them. And it was just figuring out the next thing I needed to learn and finding a resource for that. Right. So a very methodical way of identifying what's challenging, what it is, what skill set you don't have or what it is you need in order to be able to go to the next step in your business and then finding a solution. Yeah. You know, my dad raised me to always like, he was a DIYer in the house. He could figure out anything. And he always said, if you could make a box of macaroni and cheese, you could do anything. And his point in that was, if you can read the instructions on the box, you're fine. As long as you can read instructions, you could figure out something because you're bound to find the instructions somewhere. And I think I go through life with that mentality of like, I can do anything as long as I can find the instructions for it. Do you have any guidance about how to find the instructions? Because I think that's really hard for a lot of people. And they go through lots of bad instructions or instructions that don't work, or they pay a lot of money for somebody that is really great at marketing, but poor at delivering and end up having to like, you know, they hire somebody to build a website and the website doesn't really do what they, what they need. Or, you know, they, they hire a business coach who promises the moon in like, you know, super quickly. And they realized that they invested a lot of money in something that actually didn't produce much in the way of results. Yeah. I mean, I always, and maybe it comes from like a frugal background. I don't buy into that. If it sounds too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. I look for really tried and true resources. Like I like buying books, like like I bought a dummy's guide to setting up a business and, you know, I had bought their book. There was no wheeling and dealing marketing to getting me to buy the book. The information was there if I wanted to use it. And it was something so basic as like, here's a book that's going to tell you what to do. There's actually not anything fancy about setting up an LLC. You go to the secretary of state website, 
that's all you do. And so it was kind of a matter of finding the the least, or I guess the the most bare bones instruction of like, just tell it to me. If I need more, I can go find more, but give me the bare bones of what it is. And there's, I've seen, I think it gets often overlooked. The SBA, the Small Business Administration, they have so many good resources for business owners. And we don't look to them as entrepreneurs because they're not flashy, because they're not promising the world, because they're not got the best marketing, but they have probably some of the best resources there. And even though they're not pretty colors and they're not flashing across our social media, we kind of overlook them as a resource of entrepreneurship, but they have some of the best bare bones information on how to do something in your, in your business. It is so true. Those resources are very overlooked. How did you end up deciding on consultants and coaches as a niche to serve? Yeah, it was a journey of, of niching. And I'm so glad I went on that journey because I think often niching sounds terrifying. It sounds like you're going to exclude 99% of the opportunity out there and focus on one. And why would I possibly want to do that? That doesn't make logical sense. And for me, it was just picking something that felt right at the time. And for me, I actually started down this process of like, I'm just going to help women own businesses. That, that felt like the right thing at the right time. And as I went down that, that journey of then marketing in that direction, I discovered that, no, it wasn't actually just women owned businesses that I wanted to niche in because there were some amazing women who had really unique businesses that I honestly didn't want any part of. Like I didn't want, for example, a, a business that was a fleet of shaved ice trucks that from an accounting perspective had to consider sales tax in a number of different counties. Like, yes, that, that woman was amazing and she owned her own business, but it wasn't an, it wasn't a financial and accounting business that I was interested in pursuing the intricacies of all the laws that would entail in there. And at the same time, there were a lot of men that had amazing businesses that were more service-based and they had the same mindset that I did, that I did want to work with. And so we kind of, I kind of went down this niching journey of, of trying something. And I don't think I tried something and got to the wrong answer. I think it helped me learn, you know, the pivot that I needed to do towards the, the more right answer. And so it was just, it was a process. And I think often, I know this is me, I want the right answer now. I don't want to have to go figure it out for a year or 18 months, but the process of figuring out that niche and going into a more service-based industry and just fine-tuning what that niche was, was a, a worthwhile journey. And I'm really, really happy with where I got to and know how I got here to know that I've excluded these types of businesses to get here. And I know this is why I want to be here because of the people, because of the the structure and the guidance I can give in this particular niche by way of uh, money and financial planning. Yeah. So what do you really love about working with consultants and coaches? I like that for the most part, you know, and this is where we align is for the most part, they've left corporate roles and they're, they have so much expertise with them. And it's really scary to leave that corporate career and leave that consistent paycheck and that consistent 401k match and all of that. And I like working with them to bring, they get to run their business 
with their expertise and I get to bring my expertise to make it feel like the consistent income and 401k match and all of that that we've left at corporate. And we get to kind of bring that together so that on a personal level, they feel like they know what to expect from their business financially. And that gives them some comfort and and confidence to move forward in their business. So that being said, how can consultants and coaches pay their bills, which the bills come on a recurring basis? Cash flow does not necessarily come on a recurring basis. How can they pay their bills when their cash flow fluctuates? Yeah, that's such a great point. And I always say that on in consulting and coaching and even small agencies, you have this roller coaster revenue when you have either big chunks, big chunky projects that maybe one month you're billing $80,000 and the next two months you're billing zero. Or maybe you have a program that you're launching and you're bringing in 50,000 this month, zero the next month, 50,000 the next month. It's really hard to anticipate what you can pay yourself. And what I love for my clients is we set up that you're going to pay yourself X thousand per month. And I want them to feel that consistency. And so while a lot of, you have a good bookkeeper, a bookkeeper is going to make sure everything that happened in the past is correct. And that is super important. The IRS loves that your bookkeeping is correct. That makes your taxes correct. But the bigger value I see is that when we stop looking backwards and we start looking forwards more is that you get to start planning out what your future income looks like. And we get to plan out, like we can, we'll rarely be able to, to smooth our revenue line so that it doesn't look like a roller coaster. Now, if we have a really great retainer business, that's filling the same exact amount every single month. Maybe we can do that. But so often we see these consultants who are just have really big fluctuations, feast or famine cycles every year in their business. And so to be able to plan that out, see what that looks like in the future. And so often we can be able to plan what those bills are that are coming. When we kind of find the difference of this, we get to also plan out how much can we pay ourselves? How much can we pay ourselves every month, the same amount so that we're not bottoming out our bank account, you know, three months from now and we didn't anticipate it. Because there's, I see, I see business owners who don't have that consistency and, well, I wanted to, I wanted to redo the floors in my business or in my, my home. I wanted to redo the floors in my home. So I took out $15,000 from my business as an owner's draw, but I haven't paid myself otherwise during the rest of the year. It's really hard to get this consistency. And so, I mean, I think cash flow planning is so great when you start looking forward on a monthly basis, on a recurring basis, that you get to plan out what your, A, just your your take-home is as an employee of your own business and your consistency of paying yourself. But you also get to, you also get to kind of bring in these other portions of your business. You get to look at your sales pipeline and you get to look at your hiring needs for what's in your sales pipeline and really plan out what could potentially happen in your business and how that would affect what you get to do to pay yourself or save for retirement, which is a huge benefit to to being self-employed. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about retirement. What are some of the strategies that business owners can use, especially those that have left the corporate world and were used to having a 401k and, you know, some people, I call this corporate, but, you know, they could work in government or in nonprofits where they have a, they actually have a pension, pension plan. Yeah. 
So I, and I personally did not know this until I became an entrepreneur, how many options for saving for retirement there were for self-employed individuals that were different than a big corporate 401k. So if we've been in corporate jobs, we know that we could max out our 401k up to the mid twenties, like maybe 20, you know, depending what year we're talking about, $24,000, you could max out your 401k. When you look at entrepreneurship, the financial vehicles that are available to you as an entrepreneur, you can save upwards of high 20s. You could save upwards of $70,000 in certain retirement vehicles as an entrepreneur. That savings isn't available to W-2 employees, actually. So if you look at something like a solo 401k, sometimes they call it an individual 401k. That's really specific to somebody with their own business with no employees you can save upwards of $70,000 in retirement that is tax deductible in the year that you contribute it. Wow, that's pretty powerful. Are there other employee benefit structures that an entrepreneur should know about? Yeah, so there's other uh, vehicles like a SEP, a simple uh, 401k. If you start building an agency, you can you can actually build out uh, what they call a safe harbor 401k that is similar to your, your big corporate 401k. It's going to act just like that. And so you can have almost the same exact options as when you were in corporate, you're just creating your own corporate 401k plan for, for yourself and for your employees. But if short of having employees, there's even more options to you. So if you're at a place in your business and your journey that where it's just you and all you're really worrying about is you as a, a solo consultant, you have probably the most options and the greatest amount that you can save for retirement, which is a really fun benefit that nobody talks about starting your, your uh, entrepreneurial career. Yeah, that, that's great to know about. Eric, I wanted to shift gears for a minute and uh, talk a little bit about your experience either as a community member or community leader and how that may have impacted your journey as an entrepreneur. Yeah, entrepreneurship is lonely. I will be the first to admit that it is lonely and it's hard to leave your corporate water cooler and feel like you you don't have anybody who gets what you're doing. Even if you have an, I have an amazing spouse, even if you have an amazing spouse, he's even in the same industry, but he's still in corporate. And to explain that you need to figure out all of the things on your own is, is really, it's really isolating. And I've been part of so many wonderful communities as my business has grown. And to have people who are in the same season of business that I'm in, to either have accountability or camaraderie, or just sometimes you just like to, you need to vent to somebody and somebody else is going to get it. Having a community that you can turn to when you have questions or just need to talk to somebody is so valuable. And if you can find that on your own, amazing if you can find a community that's already been built and you pay a membership fee to, amazing. Either way, I think they can bring so much value. Thank you for sharing that. Erica, before we close out, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you wanted to share? No, I, I think we've covered a lot of the nitty gritty. I think it's just, you know, so I will say with this one thing, there's so often that people think they're doing something wrong or they're missing something as financially as they're growing their small business. There's a lot of, fear that nobody talks about in small business finance and everybody assumes they're missing it or they should have learned something already along the way. 
And the truth is, unless you took a small business tax class or an entrepreneur class on finance, you have not been taught this and you shouldn't have up until this point. And there's no shame that you need to learn something new or that you haven't gotten it because you're some age. So often I hear people say, well, I'm X age by now. I should know this. And it's, just, it's an interesting thing we do to ourselves. Like, well, I'm 40. I should know this. I'm 50. I should know this. No, unless, unless anybody's taught you, why would you possibly know this? And, and there's nothing wrong with learning something new because you've gotten to a new phase in your life. And so I just encourage people, you're, you're not missing anything. It's always okay to learn something new and ask for help. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So um, speaking of resources and help, if someone wants to access any of the resources you have or learn more about you or get in touch with you, where would be the best place for them to go? Yeah. Well, you can head on over to Coaches, Consultants, and Money podcast. Uh, I hang out there every week and you can hear some free advice there or come to my website, ericagoody.com and sign up for my newsletter. Sounds good. Erica, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau and share your experiences and and your insights. My guest has been Erica Goody, who supports coaches and consultants with bookkeeping, accounting, and CFO services, and also, as she just mentioned, hosts the Coaches, Consultants, and Money podcast. Thank you, Erica, for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Remember, being an entrepreneur doesn't mean going it alone. Our community is here to support you, inspire you, and walk with you on your journey. Don't forget to visit smashingtheplateau.com slash goals and book your free 30-minute goal coaching session with me, David Schreiner-Khan. It's an opportunity to gain clarity, identify obstacles, and create a solid action plan toward achieving your business aspirations. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash goals. Join us next time for more wisdom from industry leaders. Until then, keep striving, keep believing, and keep smashing.